Welcome to Last First State Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. This is episode number 457 with Dr. Jeannie Michelle. Are men really from Mars? Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Weiner. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe a woman of value naturally attracts respect in life and in love. And if you're looking to gain more respect and increase your confidence and show up more authentically, I wrote a book just for you. It's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. It's filled with 30 tips and exercises to help you step more fully into your value, and it's available on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. Every week, I bring you a tip from the book. This week's tip is choose love over fear. Love and fear mm. cannot coexist, right, Jeannie? Right. <laughs> and um, we often uh, put up so many guards to love because of our fear. So if you want to find the love of your life, it's really important to work on those fears, to name them, to look at them and dive deeper into them, because often the fear of facing our fears keeps us from going deeper into actually unraveling what it is that's holding us back. And so my invitation to you this week is to really look at the guards you're putting up and and ask yourself, what am I afraid of? And then what would happen? And then what would happen? And really go there. And that's what I would do if I were coaching you. So I'm asking you to coach yourself and really look at those fears so you can unblock and unshield from love. I want to invite you to join our fabulous Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date. If you're a woman over 40 and you're looking for love and you're looking to grow on your pursuit of your last first date, join us here. It's, it's really different from most groups. We have monitors who monitor the page all day long. And so there are no posts that go off the rails. It's a place to really challenge your beliefs and help you to really open to love rather than just sit and complain about why dating isn't working for you, which is what most groups do. And it's, it's really toxic. It's, it's, um, it, it, it creates a, a like almost cancerous environment for you to stay stuck. So if you're willing to grow and you want to grow, on your pursuit of your last first date, join us there. And now for my guest, Dr. Jeannie Michelle. She's a teacher, a modern day philosopher, a change agent, and a coach. Her coaching is dynamic, engaging, and deeply transformative. She helps individuals and couples gain the clarity they need to create powerful, intimate, and creative lives, relationships, and partnerships. Welcome to the show, Jeannie. Thank you, Sandy. I am so enjoying getting to know you. And it, it's interesting, as Sandy and I spoke right before this, we have, we're kind of kindred spirits in how we work and what we believe. So thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, yes, I love meeting kindred spirits. And we both have a passion for healthy communication. And mm -hmm. that's what we're going to talk about today. So before we get started, I always like to know the backstory. What inspired you to do this work, to, to do coaching and to, to do the work that you do today? Well, I think it started, Sandy, when I was a little girl, I was always curious as to what caused some people's love lives to be really alive and vibrant. Like I had some aunts and uncles who really had a strong relationship. And I looked at my mom and dad and they, and they really didn't. So from the time I was little, 
I was curious. And the psychology books were at the very top of the steps of the library. And my mom would go and read those and try and learn. And I think that was the beginning. And then I went into the corporate world and, you know, had a strong corporate career. But that relationships just kept haunting me. You know, I, when I worked in the corporate world, I did a lot of facilitation of management and employee disputes and, and, you know, trying to help people better understand each other. And I really loved that. And then I decided to go back to school. And so I ended up getting my doctorate in psychology. And then came the time for me to jump off the corporate gravy train and start my own practice. And I began working with moms with postpartum depression. I was marketing to some OBGYNs and they said, we have some moms with postpartum depression. We'd love to send them your way. And I'm like, great. And I really didn't know a lot about it. But through my relationship with these women, I learned a lot and their husbands came to me and they really wanted to better understand their wives. And it just, that just opened up this whole trajectory for me to work with people on their relationships. And as you know, part of it is your relationship with yourself. And how do you relate to other people in the business world and in your intimate relationships and in your family? So that's kind of a little bit of my background. It's a little bit atypical because it was a strong business background first before I got into my own practice. Yeah, interesting. So even in your business career, you were still working with relationships. You were interested in conflict resolution and Mm -hmm helping people understand how to get along better, which led you to working in interpersonal relationships, mm-hmm. which is um, wonderful. And I love that you you knew from a young age that mm-hmm. you were trying to unravel. Um, mm-hmm. I, I can totally relate to that as, as a young child, I approached my mother when I was mm-hmm. about um, 16, I asked her why she didn't get divorced. And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, you know, we're living in this home with so much discourse and yelling and you're unhappy. Why don't you leave? And mm-hmm. it, it, you know, given the times, it, it, it was mm-hmm. difficult for women to get divorced back in whatever mm-hmm. year that was in the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. But she she eventually did leave my father she waited for all of us mm-hmm. to leave the house first and mm-hmm. that also gave me pause when it was time for me to leave my husband mm-hmm. that i didn't want to just stay for the kids i think we we mm-hmm. can you know really end up damaging our children mm-hmm. more by staying than by mm-hmm. leaving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Sandy, it's still something that comes up, should I stay or go because of the kids and, you know, what I tell people, and I'm sure you share something similar, is you model relationship for your children, just like your mom modeled for you, you know, you kind of stick it out. When my parents, when I was growing up, I grew up Catholic, and my mom had to go to a priest and get permission to even consider divorce, it was just a different world. But there still is this idea that couples need to stay together for the kids. And I tell you, I have worked with couples that have been separating. And when you do it well, it can be a really awesome experience for the kids. You can make it work really well for the kids. It's all about how you get along. It changes from how do I get along in this relationship to how can we get along well in service to our children? Yeah. And sometimes you can't. 
and and you still and you still don't have to screw up your kids so in my case it really was up to me to Mm -hmm. be a different kind of mom to my kids Mm -hmm. when I got divorced Mm -hmm. and to let them know that our relationship skills still matter and we're going Mm -hmm. to be different in this house Mm -hmm. than we were in the other house Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. They thank me now for leaving. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like the one thing I was so scared of is the thing that ended up being such a, a wonderful mm-hmm. gift to mm-hmm. my children um, because they have relationship skills that I don't think they would have had had I stayed. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And, and that's really awesome that you can look back at that and you can see how your kids are today. Very different than I'm sure when we stay in marriages that just aren't working. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So I know you work with a lot of men and mm-hmm. um, and you work with women too. And mm-hmm. we're talking today about whether men are from Mars. And mm-hmm. so can you share some of the differences you see in working with men versus working with women? Absolutely, Cindy. You know, the thing that I say to people is women will come in when they need a little tune-up. You know, I've got this going on or that going on. Can I, can I come in and talk? Men typically don't come in, in my experience, until I say they've been run over by a truck and they're bleeding. (laughs) Men's urgency needs to be much higher because men are naturally problem solvers. You know, that tends to be the male attribute that stands out the most. And again, not that 100% of men are one way and 100% of men, women are another way. The, the danger in the men are from Mars, women are from Venus is, is it can stereotype a little bit. But I think when we peel back the layers, men come in when it's something really important that they feel the need help with. And in my experience in working with men, they go deep. When, when the guys that come into my office start to open up and realize that, wow, I can have a really nice conversation with a woman and she listens and she's present for me, they tend to be very loyal and they tend to go really deep. There's a lot of deep thinking underneath, you know, how men show up. And I think that one of the biggest challenges between men and women are misunderstandings. You know, sometimes women, women tend to process out loud, which means their thoughts are not fully formed as they're talking about them. And women, generally speaking, tend to use more words. And so sometimes a guy, a guy generally speaking, will process internally. So by the time they get a thought out, it's a pretty formed thought. And it's like, okay, this is what I think. And when a guy listens to a woman and there's lots of words, well, does she really mean this? Or does she really mean that? And then ultimately what can happen over time is he starts to tune her out. And then she feels like she's not being heard, you know, or men need more silence. So sometimes the guy is really quiet and the woman assumes that he's not listening but in reality, he's thinking because he's trying to solve the problem. I don't know how your experience is with men, but that is, you know, one of my experiences in working with, you know, men versus women. Yeah, those are really important points. Um, I think that women, you know, I've heard it said that the women speak in story and men speak in headlines. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. I like that. <laughs> and women, because men are tracking. You know, they're trying to track, what am I supposed to listen to? Like you said, mm-hmm. and they're like, I don't know. I, she started out talking about going to her friend's house and now she's talking about something at work and I'm not sure wh- what she needs from me. And mm-hmm. am, I, am I here to fix the problem? Does she mm-hmm. need me to talk about her friend, about work? I, I'm confused. Mm-hmm. And so often they get frustrated. And also um, 
I think, yeah, women tend to fill in the space a lot, the yes. silence. And it's interesting because my son is 30 and he was telling me that he's been listening more to women. And he mm -hmm. says when he gives women space, they tend mm -hmm. to come forward more with more mm -hmm. information, with more openness. Mm -hmm. And he sees a lot of men trying to fill the space with women. So that's, mm -hmm. that's interesting too. And that's why it's important not to have these men are, women are, mm -hmm we have tendencies. I think our brains, mm -hmm. the hemispheres of our brains are interconnected in different ways. Mm -hmm. And we're also brought up, women are brought up to be relational. Men are mm -hmm. brought up to be tough. So can you speak mm -hmm. to that? Because I think that influences mm -hmm. a lot of our miscommunication too. Absolutely. And I want to go back for just a moment to what you're sharing about your son. I am finding that younger men are showing up differently too and there's there's a there's a tendency to show up with a little bit more openness and desire to understand you know you and i grew up in an era where men were supposed to be this way and women were supposed to be this way and i think we're becoming more fluid in ways that you know there's a deeper desire to listen and to listen to understand you know and, and i love what you shared about your son because i think if there's hope there it is hope with newer, younger people are showing up with more of a desire to partner. And I think that we who have been in the world a little longer can learn from that. You know, I, th I think women, especially, you know, that have been through a divorce or been through a few relationships are looking for something different now. And I think men are too. And I think the desire to partner and, and share you know, responsibilities is huge right now. More women are working and have careers that are meaningful to them. And so how do you share that space? And I think that that is something that is important to talk about because so often women make the assumption that men think like they do or, or that when I share with a guy, it's like sharing with one of my girlfriends. And that's not true. You need to ask for what you want. Like, oh, I'd just like you to listen to the conversation. I just need to process and, or, you know what, I need some help solving this problem. Then a the guy's like, got it. I know what you need from me now. So I can listen from that perspective, as opposed to, like you said, trying to track five different stories within one story. I don't know if I totally answered your question, but I love yeah. what you shared with your son. <laughs> no, this is a great plan to remember my question, but <laughs> I think you're <laughs> you. right. I, I, am, I am seeing that, and I, I belong to a few um, Facebook groups for mm -hmm. uh, men and women. My group is only mm -hmm. for women. And looking at the conversations that are happening with younger men and mm -hmm. how open they are to mm -hmm talking about toxic masculinity, talking mm -hmm. about Me Too and how they mm -hmm. can understand women better. Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I think, you know, uh, the men who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s are not as clued in and it's more mm -hmm. difficult for them. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Music Unlimited. Whenever I cook, I love listening to music from the 70s, like The Grateful Dead and Crosby, Stills and Nash and my favorite, Joni Mitchell. With Amazon Music Unlimited, I can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations. And you can now stream your favorite podcasts like Last First Date Radio. You can listen to any song, anytime, anywhere, on any device, whether it's your smartphone or tablet, your PC or your Mac, Fire TV, 
and any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. You will never hear or see an ad, and you can even download songs and podcasts and playlists to listen to offline. Now, for a limited time, you can get Amazon Music Unlimited for free for 90 days. Just head on over to getamazonmusic.com forward slash last first date to claim this offer. Let's talk about more ways that we can bridge the gender communication gap, because I think understanding these differences helps. Mm -hmm. What else can we do to bridge that gender communication gap? You know, I have this idea that you can't heal what you don't talk about, you know, and I think it's important to talk. I think as people are starting to form relationships and it doesn't have to be in, just only in intimate relationships. You know, I hope for all the women out there, you have some guy friends because guy friends are going to shoot more straight with you than somebody that's trying to impress you and, you know, trying to mold their behavior, at least at the beginning, to what they think you want, talk to your guy friends, you know, and, and, and talk about some of the things that, that are bothering you. Or even in some uh, in a relationship where you're starting to date, too, it's like, oh, here's what I thought I heard you say. Or you stepped on my toe and it hurt. I mean, we have to be willing to come forward with what we are assuming, Okay, instead of just making an assumption in our head that, oh, he said this, therefore that, women are great at doing that. We need to put it out on the table. Men appreciate what I would call kind directness. You know, when you say something kindly and you want to understand and be curious, I think that helps. And I think going into relationship with what in Buddhism they call and I'm not a Buddhist, but I love this, you know, particular philosophy, beginner's mind. You know, we, the danger we make is we interpret, especially as women, we hear a thought or we see a way of behaving and we interpret it to mean something. And then we respond from that interpretation instead of gaining the clarity. I think if people could ask questions, be curious, and gain some clarity by talking about things, we could go a long way to help bridge that you know, gender communication gap. I love that. I, I grew up in a home that was masterful at assumptions. And even now when I talk to my mom, she'll make up so many stories about everybody. The doctor mm -hmm. didn't answer the phone. He must be at his, his home that he has out on this island I'm not sure he really lives there, but he's gay, so he must. And I'm like, oh my God, can you just quiet that mind for a minute? And just, he didn't pick up the phone. That's all you know, right? And, and so we fill in all, we fill it all in and, and we do it in ways that really sabotage ourselves. I see posts by women who are super anxious and mm -hmm. they, I, I read one the other day in another group about a man she started seeing who was on Snapchat. So we, we can see that this is a younger person because <laughs> most people our age are not on Snapchat. But she was analyzing the fact that he didn't have the location when he spent the night, her home mm -hmm. didn't show up on his Snapchat location, but then he turned it back on after he left and so that must mean that he doesn't really want to be here. And he's probably seeing other women. And I'm, what are you doing? So by the time you speak to this person again, you've already made up a story. And 
he's doomed, you're doomed, it's not going to work. And so that curiosity piece and that beginner's mind, every conversation, if we could come in open, curious, we don't know the answers until we check in with someone else. It is so important. I just want to underline that. And to enjoy the process. You know, I know your show, which I love, is Last First Date. I mean, your next first date might not be your last first date, but what what can you enjoy about this? What can you appreciate about this person? You know, what, what do you pick up about who this person is and what their life has been about? And we learn more about ourselves as we interact with other people. We see other sides of us with the person that we're interacting with, and we come in with all of, we come in like carrying this backpack full of rocks you know i've had this experience with this guy and this from this guy and i'm assuming this from that and it's so hard to just come in and be clear and just say okay i'm going out to dinner i'm going to have a coffee with this man and i'm going to just appreciate who he is but for right now he's the person sitting in front of me and i'm going to be curious and i'm going to enjoy it i mean worst case is you talk with a girlfriend and have a good laugh afterwards because they aren't <laughs> anything that you noticed if you found them online in their profile sometimes they can be very different but i mean we are all human beings and we all have stories and we all have things that have hurt us and we all have things that have brought us joy to just appreciate sitting like you and I are right now. I'm really enjoying speaking with you and I'm very present to your stories that you're sharing too. If we could show up that way for the people in our lives, whether we're dating them or just getting to know them, gosh, Sandy, wouldn't it be a pretty darn awesome world? Oh my God, yes. (laughs) And I love, you know, you're talking about being present. That is Mm -hmm. one of the hardest things that we do. Mm -hmm. That's anxiety, depression, all of those things are not about being present. They're about future Mm -hmm. focusing, past, you know, lamenting the past. And when we can look at that person, and again, it's, it's either, it's going to be a great date or a great story, like you said. (laughs) And either way, you can learn about yourself. You can Mm -hmm. learn about the other person and you walk mm-hmm. away a better person and you hopefully leave them a better person, which is what mm-hmm. I always say. It's like, you don't have to fall in love with every person you meet, but mm-hmm. how can you use this opportunity to grow and mm-hmm. to build on what you already know? Because we, most of us have come from really bad relationship experiences mm-hmm. and role models. And so this, this is our, our school of relationships, mm-hmm. just every interaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100% agree with that. And, and like you said, sometimes it's hard. So I think before you go out with somebody, you, you, you monitor yourself talk. We, we think between, I think it's 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day. And I've read that like 60% of those are critical thoughts. So, you know, we're already like, oh my gosh, what's he going to think of me? Or what am I going to think? You know, if you can just breathe, which tends to take you out of your emotional process into your more executive functioning frontal lobes, and, and just breathe and say, you know what? And, and, and if you're part of a spiritual tradition to pray in whatever way you pray, I surrender. I'm opening up to this meeting and I'm going to be fully present and just prepare. The more you can mentally prepare before you walk in, the more you're able to calm that anxiety. And really, like you said, to show up and, and just see what it's like. I like that you either have a story or you, you, know, or you have a, a date or somebody that you're you know forming a relationship with. Yeah, well, and I and you're bringing in some other great tips. And I, I 
before we we taped today, um, your internet shut down, and so you came back on to to record with me, and you took a deep breath, and I was watching you do that to get centered. Mm-hmm. That's an important life lesson that mm-hmm. things don't always go the way we plan them to go. Mm-hmm. And when you can center yourself, you have more control over who you are, how you show up, you're going to be more present. So mm-hmm. just wanted to put that out there. Uh, deep breaths, always good. Mm-hmm. Center yourself, really learning mm-hmm. how to self-soothe, how to center is just such important such important work. I appreciate the way you paid attention to that. That shows you're good at tracking, you know, mm-hmm. and if we can do that also with other people and ourselves, I think that's, it's about connection, you know? So, th- so yeah. thank you for sharing that because it yeah. is life throws you, you know, curveballs. So how do you come back to that place of center and not get stuck in the, oh my gosh, my internet went down and what's, it's like, come back to center, you know, yeah. and then you can proceed with a more calm mind. Yeah. And heart. Yeah. And connect. Whereas <laughs> a lot of people are so disconnected to begin with mm-hmm. that it's hard mm-hmm. for them. And I was talking to you before we got on about having difficult conversations and that mm-hmm. being one of the most important parts is centering mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. you know, just really being present, centered, looking in with mm-hmm. a beginner's mind you know, I, I like to say it's like that person is from another planet. Like mm-hmm. if you didn't know them at all and you knew nothing mm-hmm. about them, you would mm-hmm. come in with this like very curious mind. What language do they speak? Ooh, they have mm-hmm. hair. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. No, I love too. And I, you know, I I work with a lot of couples with infidelity too. And one of the things that is so critical, I believe, you know, what you don't talk out, you act out. And, and, if you think having a tough conversation when you feel disconnected with a loved one and you don't want to talk about it and she's going to get mad or he's going to get mad or he's going to withdraw and you don't talk about it and then someone else shows up that kind of lights up your world a little bit that's interesting, there is a tendency to slip into the idea that this, this relationship could be better and you don't have the conversations and sometimes before you know it, you know, you're acting out in a way that you never thought you would. And to have a conversation after there has been an affair is much more challenging than a conversation you could have before you're having an affair. You know, we tend to avoid and avoid until the conversations get bigger and bigger. So, so absolutely having the courage to have those conversations. And like you said, Sandy, you know, take a breath first. You can make an appointment for that conversation. I have something really important I want to talk to you about. When do you have some time to be present? You don't talk when somebody's watching TV or, you know, eating a meal. You want to make sure that they are open to having that conversation and the two of you enter into it with the idea of connecting and discussing. So how you set that up is really important too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad you brought up infidelity because there's so many types of infidelity. And Mm -hmm. often when a couple has not been communicating well, it is Mm -hmm. so easy to just look to someone else to fill the void Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of talking to your partner. And Mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not enough to just talk to your partner. Sometimes the Mm -hmm. relationship is fractured and Mm-hmm. Um, that was the case in, in my marriage where mm-hmm. I, I ended up turning to someone emotionally mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. 
didn't even realize it was happening, but I had tried for so long to connect with my husband and he, he just didn't have the bandwidth to do it. But the, the fact that I had this emotional affair was a catalyst mm -hmm. to not only getting divorced, but also him getting help. And mm -hmm. I've talked about it before on the podcast, but it was what I consider the miracle of my, mar of my divorce mm -hmm. was that my husband woke up to what emotional intelligence looks like, what, mm -hmm. what communication skills look like. And he, he now teaches empathy and nonviolent communication. So he went from someone who could not have a difficult conversation at all. Like he was mm -hmm. the, the king of stonewalling and mm -hmm. that didn't work for me. So after years mm -hmm. of being left alone with all the stuff in my marriage, I gravitated towards somebody who would listen and who would value me. And, mm -hmm. and I, so I get it. And it, but for me, that was the wake up call. Like don't go there and this mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. move on with your life because well, I couldn't do it, it anymore. Sorry to interrupt. Sometimes yeah. there are needs that you realize and that you don't see until you connect with somebody who can see that aspect of you, you know, and sometimes you try and try within a marriage and the capacity isn't there. At least it isn't there at that particular time in their life. I love that your husband went back and, and learned more about himself and emotional intelligence and that he's teaching it. Yeah. You know, but that's also you seeing that there's something inside of you that is yearning and longing for something that wasn't there. And, and as you connected with that other person, what I find too is, is that people can come alive, you know, especially if they've been in a marriage that has been dead for a while. And you feel when your marriage, especially for women, but I think for guys too, when there is a sense of disconnect, there is a, there is a lack of aliveness. And, and when you find that in someone else, it sparks it inside of you. And then you have to decide what to do with it. We can assume it's that other person. Oh my gosh, I've connected with this new person and, and they're this and that. No, they, and, and they might be, but really the truth is they tapped in something inside of you that needs to be blossomed and come alive. And when you can see it that way, and you can consider your options and choices, then you can consciously choose or more consciously choose, or then, you know, you can go back to your husband and say, you know what, this isn't working or, or you know, however you had that difficult conversation and I need a change. And, and if he just isn't in that place or she just isn't in that place, then it's time to make another change because, you know, life is short and the older we get, the shorter it seems and being able to be alive and creative and vibrant is so important. Whether you are in a relationship or you're not in a relationship, that, you know, accessing that part of yourself, I don't know. I think that's what life is about. And then hopefully finding a partner who is open to accessing that part of themselves and then coming together. You know, I, I tell people there's three elements in relationship. There's you, me, and us, and you have to feed all three because otherwise it's lopsided. It's like a three-legged stool. If one of the legs is, is, you know, less or broken, it doesn't stand up straight. Anyway, yeah, thank so you. Many, you, no, you, you, you created this avenue for me to go down another road. But, yeah, I, 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 I love how you just shared that because that was really the thing that happened to me. I felt mm -hmm. like I had been dead and not even realizing it. It was like the walking dead. I had learned to live with that me, that version of myself, 
because I was in survival mode for so long and it worked. It worked. I had good friends. I had a career. I did a lot of really interesting things. I had family, but I was dead inside and I couldn't be me in that relationship. This person who brought it out of me was definitely not the person who I wanted to stay with. He was the catalyst. I needed him to see a part of me, to appreciate a part of me, to help me appreciate it back in myself and to realize what I was giving up by staying. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes it ends that way. And sometimes it's the catalyst to make your relationship work. And so it's, but that aliveness I would never live without it again. And, mm-hmm. and it's what sparked my career in coaching. It's what mm-hmm. gave me all this ability to step into my full, full expression. So mm-hmm. we, we talked today about expressing yourself in difficult conversations, having these, these tough conversations where mm-hmm. we need to talk about stuff before it happens or mm-hmm. when you're in a bad place, you know, just tapping into who are you at your core, knowing your essence, knowing what you need mm-hmm. and want. I mean, all of these things are just so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think they're critical. Again, in and out of relationship, even in and out of intimate relationship, because we're always in relationship, always yes. in relationship. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you follow the thread of aliveness, you know, that the, someone, there's a philosopher that says, you know, do what makes you come alive, find what makes you come alive and do more of that, you know, and like you said, that led you down this path of, you know, this beautiful career you're in where now you're committed to helping other women, you know, find themselves and, and find that essence and, and continue to tap into it and, and, and bring it forward, you know, part of it's an inner process of feeling it inside of yourself. And then once you do to, to have that, I don't know, that light that shines out, you know, to others as well, you know, it's both of those. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So Jeannie, um, what are your final words of advice for anyone who wants to go on their last first date? Ah, well, I think that really what we've been talking about, it's getting in touch with yourself. You know, I like Don Miguel Ruiz, you know, the four agreements, you know, has four principles of life. One of them is don't make assumptions, which we've talked about, you know, one of them is do your best, you know, show up in the, in, in the best version of you that you can in the moment, be impeccable with your word. And, and I think that really means when you say something, you know, do it. And, and, um, make when you make a commitment honor it and then there's one more uh don't take things personally be impeccable with your word don't make assumptions yeah don't think don't yeah sorry don't take don't take things personally was the last time right right you've got them memorized better (laughs) and i think that when you follow life principles like that you feel more confident in who you are and when you feel more confident in who you are you can step into the world in that place of of you know, feeling like you are that woman of substance, that you bring something to the table and you enter into relational connection different than when you're in that place of fear and anxiety, as you talked about that fear, you know, that blocks us. And then you show up differently. And I believe you attract a different type of person, you know? And, and, and I think that, again, as we talked about, be curious, be mindful, show up with kindness and directness and then see what opens up you know I, I, I and leave room to be surprised you know because someone can surprise you too sometimes you go on a date and go oh, i'm not sure but i'm going to try again and sometimes that person you know needed another date to really shine so it's like there's not one way to do this 
you know, and just, I don't know. I think love who you are too. Yeah, uh, this is also important. And I love the, the be surprised, be open to being surprised because I often say love comes in a surprise package. We mm-hmm. think we want this type and, and it shows mm-hmm. up in the person who's painting your house or mm-hmm. the, you know, the person who has a different type of education than you always thought you needed. Mm-hmm. But it's everything that you really needed. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we don't we don't always know what that is because we walk in again with this fixed notion. Mm-hmm. So that's the again the beginner's mind. Be open, mm-hmm. be open, mm-hmm. be curious, be mindful. Mm-hmm. The four agreements, mm-hmm. perfect ways to live your life, and just so much richness in this conversation. Mm-hmm. I I really appreciate you and the work you're doing and um yeah thank you and let us let us know how people can find you um people can find me there is a facebook page that they can connect with me on if they want to send a message i also have on my website a, a little ebook that i did the 10 best practices you can do to strengthen your relationship and whether you're in or out of relationship they really are some tips regarding how you show up. So you can go to my website, which is livingandlovingcourageously.com and you can get a copy of that ebook and that can help you too. And what's the- so uh, I'm open to however, you know, I can help just like you. It's like, we're, like I said, we're kindred spirits in wanting to help people really, you know, I don't know, forge good relationships with themselves and with others. Yeah. Uh, and the Facebook page is called Living and Loving Courageously. Uh, it's Jeannie Michelle, PhD. Okay, and Jeannie is spelled G-E-A-N-N-E. J-E-A-N-N-E-M-I-C-H-E-L-E. So it's two N's, no I, and one L. (laughs) I spell them differently. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so, so much for this conversation. I'm sure that so many people will hear it and benefit and hopefully open their minds to just being more mindful and curious and Mm -hmm asking more questions and being more present. We covered so many important things today. So thank you again. And thank you, Sandy. It's been great connecting with you. I've I've enjoyed the conversation as well. Thank you. And thanks everybody for listening. If you love our show, please rate and review us. It always helps. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon.